That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. All right, welcome everyone to Bat Force Radio, a Batman slash DC podcast with no limits on the eve of New York Comic Con. Uh, we're going to bang out all of the latest Batman titles that DC's been hitting out of the park recently because it's just been uh, really good one after the other. Uh, I got Robin Cross up in Canada. Oh, boot. Let's bang him out, boy. Man, we, uh, what a stack, man. We should call this episode The Stack because, man, these, if, if you let your Bat books stack for about three weeks, Man, you're in, you're in for all kinds of goodies, man. You're having like multiple nerdgasms left and right because there's been especially this week between uh, the regular bat titles and metal tie-ins and everything. There's like uh, a half a dozen books uh, that are just out this week. So much good shit, and I don't even have All-Star Batman on here on this list. I didn't even include oh, I know. that, which is crazy. So it's like a lot of good bat. Sh- like I said, I can never get enough of the bat books. It's like those are the books you never drop. Yeah, it's Batman. Um, and we got a lot to bang out. You know, we got a lot to knock out of the park. Get that fucking Louisville slugger ready. Batman number 31 and 32, the Rebirth era by uh, Tom King. I recently read 31 and I actually forgot what it was about. It was something, it, it was the two-part Kite Man thing, right? Yeah, now, well, thir- 31 is, uh, we get to the point where Joker is uh, locked up in that penthouse and has the building all rigged up so that no one can get can get at him from below or from above. What do you think about them bringing back the purple cat suit, man? Well, this is a flashback. Oh, well, this is an old yeah. story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because uh, War of Jokes and Riddles takes place in the aftermath of Zero Year. Right, so this is like year two, and uh, yeah, so, that's how they... Yeah, and it. we're going, going back to uh, to the, the new 52 time frame. Right, and it's kind of cool how uh, they were able to sneak that in there. Really cool scene when... um. Catwoman scaling the the building that Joker's in, and then she, and then he just shoots her. <laughs> yeah. Well, shoots at her. She kind of uh, drops out of the way as the bullets go through the window. But oh, she just like yeah, letting it's go. It's real close. Yeah, he looks at. Her, he's like, "What you?" Like classic rogues gallery. Lands on her feet on the lower floor. Um. All right. I have to admit, I like Tom King. Um. I think War of Jokes and Riddles could have been a little shorter. There were really good moments. But when they're all flying on kites, like hang gliders, I don't know, man. Do you think that was a bit much? What'd you think of that? Dude? Like, oh, oh, you have Poison Ivy, uh, Kite Man, obviously, Croc, Clayface, the Riddler, and uh, uh, on hang gliders going towards the J- Joker's hideout. I mean, what'd you think uh, of that? <laughs> I, I, I liked in where it, Tom always has another thing going on in the background. And what he had going on here was while Batman had chosen the side of of Riddler uh, after the that dinner issue where he had Riddler and Joker as Bruce Wayne, you know, hosted them for dinner. Uh, when he chose which one of them he was going to back, uh, he, he chooses Riddler, so he's got Kite Man and everything on his side. But then after Kite Man gets them all in there, 
there's the double cross and we find out that Batman and Kite Man have set everyone else up. And when they all <laughs> go to turn on Batman, he, he, their, you know, <laughs> little backpack kite systems have been rigged up and it shoots them all back out of the building. So then the issue came to an end with just uh, Batman, Riddler and Joker all standing face to face in that room. And I, I like the I like Mikkel Jannon's Joker look. And actually, uh, I think 31 was 31. Yeah, yeah, 31 was uh, back to Mikkel Jannon. All right. I love the fact that the Joker doesn't smile throughout this whole or laugh throughout this whole arc until the end. Yeah. And um, they're both going at it. And uh, like the really just pisses Batman off to the point where he goes at him with a knife. Uh, well, we there are kind of two stories uh, picking up through uh, issue 32. Uh, it, we start off with uh, Bruce and Selina back in that room where Bruce is explaining this this thing that he did to Selina before she can answer his proposal. Right. Yeah. So it's bouncing back and forth between the two of them having having this moment uh, where they're both in their underwear, hmm. and uh, then back to that penthouse where it's come down to just the three of them. And basically, as soon as it's come down to the three of them. Riddler and Joker just simultaneously uh, attack Batman. And, yeah, uh, so we get a few pages of fisticuffs. So after the fisticuffs, Batman, you know, handles both of them, takes a few licks, but eventually puts them both down. And then when he's putting some beats on Riddler, uh, Riddler asks for mercy and then asks Batman, you know, because he can't see over him while he's uh, mounted him. He asks him if if Joker's laughing. You know, he should be laughing. <laughs> and that's when Riddler explains that he set up this whole thing, the, the whole war of jokes and riddles, yeah. you know, the the murder of Kite Man's son to make him become Kite Man. Mm. He had set that all up just to make Joker laugh again. Crazy. I love, Tom King loves Kite Man. It's what, he really did it, didn't he? He really yeah. Oh, yeah. And, did it. Yeah, and it, yeah, he, he did a really good job on it, making him uh, a compassionate character that uh, you know you cared about. You saw him lose his son. Yeah, fucking kite man. Who would have thought? And then uh, it just puts Batman in a rage to learn all of this, and he goes at him with a knife. He was gonna st- Batman was yeah. gonna stab the Riddler, and it looks like he actually did. But what happened was the Joker intervened and pretty much took the knife through his hand, the Joker's hand. Yeah, yeah. You you have that one panel where you see from a viewpoint behind Riddler's head and it looks like, you know, you see Batman thrust out the blade and the splatter of blood. And we think that, uh, yeah. somehow we think Batman has, uh, has killed him, but no, it cuts to the other angle. And yeah, Joker's just taking that blade right through his hand. Yeah. Batman would have been a murderer, but Joker yep. became a savior. That's and then funny. said, that's funny. <laughs> and starts laughing again. <laughs> that is for the fact that he saved the Riddler's life in the end. Yeah. And uh, Channing Tatum. Channing threw his hand. <laughs> yeah, Channing Riddler. Oh, and then it cuts back to the scene where Bat- uh, Bruce and Selina are in bed, and they're on the sitting on bed. You know, he had to go through all of that for her to, before she could answer, I suppose, and she pretty much, well, her her response was pretty much, yeah, we've all been through shit and done shit, blah, blah, blah. And she, she makes him ask her again, and... Um, and she says yes. That's yeah. crazy. So what'd you think of that? Yeah. Uh, well, it it's nice to see a yes, but I can't shake that feeling that something is going to you know to keep 
that wedding from actually happening. I, I don't feel like we'll see that. Wedding. Yeah, well, if it was year two and the wedding never happened, then I guess it never <laughs> happened. But yeah. th- the thing is that there was an answer in continuity now. So curious to see what's going to happen after this. I hope Tom King does that Batcat run that he was talking about. I'm going to ask yeah. him your Comic-Con. Detective Comics 965. Tim Drake still in prison from... Mr. Oz, Mr. Oz, and this flashbacks about how he became a Robin when he was talking to Dick about Batman and Jason Todd dying. And you know, I, I loved the the cover for this issue because uh, th- this arc is called uh, "Lonely Place of Living," and the cover was a throwback to uh, uh, "Lonely Place of Dying" back when Bruce was you know suffering after the death of Jason Todd and uh, got all dark and emo. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of throwbacks uh, in the Detective Comics. Um, lots with Anarchy as well. And So basically, this whole time, Tim's talking to uh, who appears to be Mr. Oz. But it actually turns out to be Jor-El when he takes the robe off. And then for that brief moment, there's like some kind of glitch or some way where he has a chance to escape. I don't know, any like weak link corners to hack to get out or whatever it may be. Because he's trying to... Tell the computer to hack the containment cell protocol, deactivate all the shields and whatnot. And then he comes across Batman, and then Batman's like fending someone off with a gun, and, and Tim Drake's like, "What the fuck?" And Batman takes off his cow, and it's actually like a future Tim Drake. What's happening is they're all stuck in this kind of like prison because after that, you see Doomsday break through a wall, and that's where they leave you on this one. They're really stuck in limbo with some interesting things going on, some characters as well. I guess this, this was a crossover with Action Comics as well, right? Did someone say that? Yeah, yeah, Jor-El had, uh, had been revealed in uh, the past issue of uh, Action Comics. It was the first part of the Oz effect. Right. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I, I don't know how much this will tie into metal. It might be more of it tying in or leading into uh, Doomsday Clock because that's uh, happening in November. All right, it's, it's Gotham Resistance Part 3. It's a Suicide Squad number 26, but it's a, considered a Dark Knight's metal tie-in. And yeah. the main thing that attracted me to it was I saw Ivy on the cover. Look, look good looking Ivy. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm not too caught up. I'm not caught up with Suicide Squad right now. So I was a little confused. All I know is there's something with Gotham that's become hell on earth. I guess it, it has to do with that mountain that just showed up during the, the first part of Metal. So Suicide Squad, I think they're rolling towards that, but they're in like this uh, post-apocalyptic Mad Max looking school bus. And then all of us, you know, they're, what happens? He like drives off a cliff only to be saved by Ivy's vegetation. But when Harley starts talking to this Ivy, she notices a little different. It's like the, it's, it's almost like she's the dark multiverse version of Ivy. And then... Who decides to show up with the dark multiverse version of Starfire? Wicked badass Starfire, man. <laughs> and just causing all kinds of crazy shit. So um, they're all going at it. And it's really weird because it's like they're in a bad dream. Because who shows up? Um, a dark multiverse version of Damien Wayne on top of the dark version of Goliath. And that's it looks badass, man. And you got Diablo and all, these, all, all the, the dark versions of themselves and throughout this whole thing nightwing's trying to figure out you know what's going on then they come across mad hatter so it's at the table at like the alice in wonderland dinner table the tea party so it's even more mm-hmm. surreal tweedledee and tweedledum are coming at him with, with these big battle axes and then mr terrific shows up i don't know what the fuck's going on <laughs> i should i should have probably read the previous issue of it but that was pretty cool to see the dark version of starfire and poison ivy i should have got the uh, the teen titans and the nightwing tie-in i didn't get those so maybe that has more to do with it as well yeah uh, gotham resistance uh the first issue uh the first part was in teen titans the second part was in nightwing and suicide squad was part three ah okay so i just read part three so 
Whatever's going on, it's pretty fucking trippy. And yeah, everything with metal uh, so far has has been just uh, killing it. Totally changing the game. Um, so I read, I finally read uh, Batman Red Death. Fucking hell, dude. First of all, this, <laughs> right? this first of all, this fucking artwork. I mean, this is the guy who started Rebirth Flash, Carmine D. Giudomenco. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, he's good, dude. I don't. His, yeah, I don't know yeah. who his colorist is. If he does all the work. Uh, Ivan Placencia, Placencia. Yeah, yeah. The artwork's so good. I know you were talking about on the last episode, uh, two episodes ago about him, but it was so cool to see Batman in this. Was it Earth Fifty Two? Yeah, what was... of uh, like negative fifty two or whatever it is, because uh, it's in the dark multiverse. Oh, okay. So Captain Cold's goggles on, and uh, yeah, all the other rogues. Yeah, because he had been. Uh, he was going to to get Flash, like he was coming after Flash because he wanted to take the Speed Force. So, to do it, he had already taken out all of the rogues to take their abilities to to come at Flash with that. And that, that was right. pretty crazy. So he comes through the DK. It's kind of like they're in a DKR verse as well because there's a uh, the the mutants in the tank, and it's weird because DKR is considered Earth 31. I guess in the negative 52, there's like splinters of earth 31 of the dkr verse as well but what was really interesting is when batman strapped the flash onto the batmobile the bat tank the middle of it was the 89 batmobile even though the outer part was like the dkr treads yeah and i was like well what the fuck <laughs> this shit is crazy and then and then on top of that you know hodgepodge uh batmobile that he's got like how ruthless batman is like, was risking it his life and Barry's life to, to take the speed force. Yeah. So he can use it for his own means. I like that grid system they did with the panels. It's like they like wasting away and they showed how they were just, yeah. uh, it's crazy. Cause that profile pick of the Batmobile when they're going through it looks exactly like the Batfleck Batmobile almost to a point. So it's, yeah, it's some crazy shit. Dude. And, uh, so he comes back as red death, which is the dark multi-first Batman flash. And what happens is he's just, running through the rogues and killing them like he's just he's torches scarecrow this was really crazy when he crucifies the rib on a question mark statue or a, yeah. that was fucked up and i i love the part where uh you know now that he has uh the speed force and he can really do anything you know, he says uh i i think this is how it went it was a few weeks ago now but uh you know, when i when i swore to my parents that uh, i would protect the city i was thinking too small yeah. I can protect the whole world. All of these one-shots are like these ruthless Elseworlds versions of Batman where he you know, he has no problem with killing. That's true. Now, what I'm trying to figure out is he ends up on Earth-0, first world of the multiverse where, you know, main I guess main continuity or whatever. Like so all the, the Batman who laughs is uh, sent by Barbatos. Yeah. Go to each of these worlds and collect these, you know, collect that world's Batman to bring them for the war. Right, because they literally showed the Red Death's Earth dying or breaking apart. Yeah, so I guess yeah because uh, all of these Earths in the Dark Multiverse aren't supposed to exist, so they're all dying. Yeah. And uh, when he go, when the Batman who laughs goes to each one of them, he makes the promise from Barbatos that if they if they join this. That's the you know, the only way that they can save their their existence. Yeah, yeah, and he the the lines they give him are pretty fucking sinister, man. He's a he's a yeah. nasty one, dude. 
Um, so the red flash shows up in main continuity, and he does like these these red and black bats are, go after Wally. They go after Wally, and it, it's like it ages him. You notice? Yeah. That? Flash shows up and he goes after him, and the same thing happens to Flash, I think. But in the nick of time, Doctor Faith pulls Flash out of it. Doctor Faith is a good friend. <laughs> Justice, it's good to have him around. They showed the previous world crumbling with a red death signal in the air, and the buildings. That was fucking the art so good. This red death issue was uh, that was good shit, man. Um, yeah, a great way to start. Uh these one shots for all of the uh, dark multiverse stuff. Yeah, then we have Murder Machine. We have Batman Ooh. Murder Machine, which was uh, the to- the cover of Fabric did is like the bat tank, <laughs> the bat skull tank. Um, yeah, and uh, the, my favorite part is he said when he had to come up with this, what he had in mind was uh, from his son watching cartoons, he had in mind Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> but like an evil version of Thomas the Tank Engine. So we're at Star Lab. Cyborg's talking with his father, right? And uh, Cyborg's in the Watchtower? Yeah, yeah, he's up on the Watchtower. And uh, his dad is at Star Labs in uh, Detroit. Right. And um... and the, the art on this, uh, on this issue... Uh, that's a uh, Ricardo Federici, and I love the art in this. It, it just looks so good. It's so out of the ordinary from uh, typical comic book art textures and and grittiness in some of uh, in some of the pages. This guy, um, this guy shows up, who Cyborg thinks is Batman, just teleported in there, but it turns out um, the Dark Multiverse Cyborg version of Batman. Yeah. And in his and then- world, it's really fucked up. This is fucked up, man. Because he comes from Earth negative 44, where Bane breaks Alfred's back. Yeah, they're, they're all uh, Bane, Croc, Harley, Two-Face. They're all in the Batcave just beating the hell out of Alfred and asking him where Batman is. This and is, Alfred's yeah. not telling them anything. See, this is going to give uh, some comic book readers in the need of therapy, man. <laughs> yeah, this, this is an emotional issue because after Alfred won't answer them, yeah, like you said, Bane just picks him up and goes nightfall on him, snaps him over his knee. Brutal, man. Um, but, like, the the emotional part, it, it isn't even seeing Alfred killed. It's Bruce's reaction later. You know, we, we cut to the funeral. And during the funeral, Bruce is in the cave, and everyone's there, like you know, Clark and Diana, Oliver, yeah. Victor, they're all in there, like just in suits. And Bruce is in his Batman suit, minus the cowl, and he's just over and over again obsessively watching the footage of Alfred being murdered. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about um, years ago, he, he, he did a scan of Alfred's mind to create artificial intelligence. That would outlast yeah. him. It's Alfred Protocol, and he wanted to bring him back that way to yeah. some extent. He needed cyborgs. So, uh, so when yeah, so yeah, he wanted he had started putting it in place before, because when when they were both gone, he wanted there to always be an Alfred to guide the new Batman. But it gets so heavy, like when when he makes his plea to Cyborg to help him, he's telling him that this was his father, you know, from the time that he was a child this was the man who was his father and he, no matter what he did no matter how awful he was to him he was always there for him yeah and, and tells him you know i i need him back yeah it's intense 
This Batman and Cyborg are fighting in the Watchtower. What does he do? He like summons the artificial intelligence from Alfred, the Alfred Protocol. Is that what he does in the Watchtower? Yeah, yeah. Because we, yeah, as it as it continues that backstory, we learn that uh, what happened when Cyborg agreed to help Bruce finish the Alfred Protocol was it pulled a Skynet, became self-aware. Its main, its only objective was to protect Bruce from any threat. So we see Bruce explaining to Cyborg that what the Alfred Protocol did on night one was mow through Arkham Asylum and just murder anyone who was uh, a threat to Bruce. This computer version that, yeah, yeah, obviously uh, lacked uh, the, the human side of Alfred. And then saw it do the same to Bruce. Yeah. Dude, I tell you, the most disturbing part of this was when these digital entities started showing up surrounding Bane, and they just all kept saying, how may I help you? How may I help you? How may I help you? Bane's, like, freaking out. He's like, you don't have to kill me. I'll leave. And then it just, like, blasts him. I'm like, that's that's kind of, like, it has, like, a horror feel to it, dude. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. That shit is, you know, anyone to, like, worry someone like Bane as well. That's just some fucked up shit. Um, and then to just murder him. Yeah, and just to fucking blast Bane. his ass. <laughs> that part where it shows Murder Machine rip Cyborg's head off, and you can see it's, like, cybernetic spine. Savage, dude. That's Mortal Kombat. Finish him, you know, like, like. Oh and and they uh, they made his dad listen. <laughs> oh yeah, because he kept well, it happened. right because he kept calling out um uh, on the intercom or whatever it is. What what's wrong if he needs help? But in in this one, Dark Multiverse bats show up. Yeah, he brings them all. Uh, he lets them all into the Watchtower after he's taken over control. Uh, my my favorite part of this cyborg version of Batman was when he explains uh, what the Alfred Protocol did to him after he allowed it uh, into uh, into the Batcave, after it had annihilated Arkham. Uh, how, uh, you know, it's, as part of its objective to protect Bruce, wanted to, you know, take away all of its weaknesses. So it took away its fear and, uh, you know, its ability for, like, compassion and love. Yeah. And then took away all the human parts of its body because they could be destroyed. Yeah. Like we're not even halfway through with these um, multiverse, dark multiverse entities because uh, we still have um, the Wonder Woman version, the Aquaman version, that large version, which I think is him, Bats, and uh, the man who laughs. So, oh my God, that last image where they're showing like the Skynet style vehicles overtaking earth and then the watchtower has this dark look about it it's like as if there's a skull in the middle of it and a bat signal cast on uh on some kind of pl on a planet maybe it was uh, the moon or something that's crazy man Re real dark uh, judgment day style stuff going on and then that leads us into uh dawnbreaker yeah dawnbreaker damn dude dawnbreaker was fucking crazy man <laughs> This was the heaviest one of the three. Like each one of these just keeps stepping it up uh, again. Dawnbreaker. Okay. So, <laughs> Dawnbreaker is... Batman Dawnbreaker is um, the dark multiverse Batman version with Green Lantern. Uh, the Green Lantern Batman version of Dark version. Yeah. And this had like a, a really surprising, twisted uh, backstory for this one. Like, you know, we didn't have like a... a a Bruce who had already been Batman and then you know, went into, uh, you know, an ability, went after an ability like the Speed Force or uh, had you know, tech like Cyborg you know, just thrust on him. 
Right. So in Crime Alley, when his parents are murdered, he didn't feel anything, not even fear, he said. And that's when the ring, the Green Lantern ring, exposed itself and shows him. But the way he used the Green Lantern ring was a lot different. Somehow, he was able to use it for lethal force. He- yeah, it, it find, the ring finds him moments after his parents were killed. He's still in the alley there. Yeah. And when it gets on him, he just you know, discovers he has this power and just catches up to Joe Chill. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Van Skyver uh, was perfect because, you know, he, he worked on uh, Green Lantern so for so long Jeff Johns. And he did that famous uh, Green Lantern Batman cover. This Bruce Wayne in this world, when he uses the ring, he use, he could use it with lethal force, which is something you're not you're not you shouldn't be able to do with a, a Green Lantern ring. And at first he can't, you know, when yeah. when he uh, when he finds Joe Chill, you know, he he tries to kill him, and the ring tells him no, lethal force is not permitted. His will is so strong. The will's strong, and then this dark matter comes out of the ring. And there's the constructs coming out of it are like demons. So there's yeah. like this dark metal force or whatever you want to call it coming out. It looks like ghosts and demons. It overpowers uh, the ring because his will is too much. You, you see the ring saying willpower at 100%, yeah. error power at 117% or something. There's even a part where he brings that, his parents back to life. Yeah. They look like zombies. Yeah, yeah, he makes, yeah it's, that's twisted. That's uh, like Blackest Night uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, and then they show him grow up a little, and he's arguing with Gordon. Uh, Gordon's like, you know, trying to help him with some missing person cases. They show a scuffle with uh, Bruce and a scarecrow. It's kind of weird seeing a young Bruce as a lantern man, a Green Lantern. That's that's interesting enough in itself. And, yeah, and then it's that it's this ruthless version of him that, you know, Gordon's talking. He's afraid to confront him, but he has to confront him because. All of the criminals are, are going missing because yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just murking everybody. He goes after the penguin. The <laughs> penguin's like, whack, whack. he's going to murder <laughs> us. Kill him first. <laughs> like they, they know he's just he's coming at people. Initiating blackout. That's pretty cool. And then it blacks out and you hear like this sound as if some kind of monster is there. In the darkness, I wasn't alone anymore. See this, when he said in the darkness, I wasn't alone anymore, that kind of reminds me of Stranger Things when she's in the subconscious to be a spy and get information of the soviets but in that dark subconscious or whatever it is you hear the monster in there as well coming towards yeah and i was like uh, i kind of see the dark multiverse as being like dc's version of the upside upside down yeah absolutely when it blacks out and you hear the monster roar that's exactly what it reminds me i i love shit like fucking fucking demogorgon (laughs) yeah fireball his ass (laughs) so he kills all of uh penguin's henchmen flies penguin up into space and yes. then just fucking lets go of him and he gets hit by like yeah just gets hit by like you know whatever those are asteroids and shit flying <laughs> yeah. through space just tears <laughs> through him Good grilled fish dude and when uh gordon is asking him where where penguin is he's like look up there's his brains and his spleen <laughs> so, and then he just blasts gordon as well yeah asks him if he has a daughter he's like oh yeah. Too bad she's gonna have to grow up without you and just like takes him out. And I think Shari was saying how these books are fucking her up. She said on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even read this one yet. <laughs> well, and it, yeah, it's the worst one. It is the worst. Then all the Green Lanterns show up, and they're like, you know, enough's enough. You get to hand over the ring. And then this image, they show like these monsters, this monstrous, almost like that Geiger style of art. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, yeah, the HR Geiger. Yeah, the guy that designed uh, all the, the aliens. Z- yeah, the xenomorphs. It's crazy. 
So there's a ton of you, but a ring. And he's, he keeps saying initializing blackout. So yeah. there's another element to the ring, and then it brings this dark matter that surrounds them. That's the element that's com- that comes from the darkness, literally. And, yeah, um, and uh, it, it's the darkness that he gets from the ring is so dark that it just negates the Green Lantern's light. Yeah, and then rips off their heads, and and, and yeah. then they had that big lantern in front of them, and the bats are flying through. It's man, this guy's artwork is always so good, man. I love this guy's artwork. Like, and he's he's perfect for anything Green Lantern themed. Yeah, dude, his artwork is so damn good. And then they showed the transformation from him becoming Batman the Dawnbreaker, which is the evil dark multiverse Batman Green Lantern version. And he says, uh, "With with darkness black, I choke the light. No brightest day escapes my sight. I turn the dawn to midnight. Beware of my power, Dawnbreaker's might." So I'm like, I guess they had to get the green flag from Jeff Johns for this one. Cause this is, you know, this is serious shit, man. And uh, then we, we get uh, that recurring theme again where uh, Bruce squares off with uh, Hal Jordan and it's like Hal's nothing to him. You know, he's, he's just about to kill him. Yeah. And then Dr. Fate comes in and pulls Hal out of there. But right here, um, when he's like falling into blackness and he says, I couldn't even see the stars. This was the best and most haunting line so far out of this whole series from The Man Who Laughs. And he it just shows this word bubble coming out of nowhere in the darkness. And it says, nice earth you got here. How's it working out for you? I don't know why, but that line is so disturbing. Because it just comes out of nowhere. And the the words and the, the way you hear it, like nice earth you have here. You know, like, not nice place you have here or nice car. It's like nice world you have here it's just this whole new level of you know multiverse storytelling and then they show him with the, the with the robins on the chains and he already has red death and murder machine with him so he's recruiting so he's bringing dawnbreaker in he still has three more to go that that panel uh where you read uh, his oath the dawnbreaker oath yeah that that splash page is so cool that it's already the wallpaper on my phone, you know, a week before it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about how good, how perfect it looks. It's like you, you don't really think about the Green Lantern Batman anymore. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. this is this is definitely taken over. It's those demonic constructs come out and grab Hal. And the, the part where you see Hal is starting to disappear into the blackness when uh, Dawnbreaker's constructs just, you know, close around him. It, it's It's fading to blackness. Yeah, and he's uh, yeah he's begging the ring to fight back, and you just see the messages from the ring saying malfunction. Yeah, there is no light. Doctor Faith, once again, man, that guy's like uh like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll now cover Sean Murphy's White Knight issue one. Initial thoughts, man. What'd you think? The the first thing about this issue that uh, that will jump out at a lot of people. Because the the issue starts off with uh, the Batmobile uh, approaching Arkham Asylum, so one of the first things you uh, you get introduced to is that Sean Murphy is a huge car nut. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so the the detail on his cars are always crazy, and you, uh, I saw him tweet about this um, that uh, cars are designed to look good from eye level so that he when he draws cars he tries to draw them from an angle of six feet to zero feet you know like off the ground right yeah that's yeah. You know, the angles that cars are designed to, to look good from 
Mm. So he's he's studied up so much on cars that he knows what angles to draw them from. But then the details that he puts into them, uh, on his Batmobile, you have flames uh, just, like, not shooting out, but just, you know, you can tell that inside the engine, inside the engine of the Batmobile, there's a fire burning in it, and the flames are, you know, just licking out of... Uh, out of the hood of the car. Let's go. Actually, let me just go to the cover real quick. Uh, the one we got sent early. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's um <laughs> the Joker, Jack Napier, whatever, with Harley in plain clothes. I remember looking at this image, you know, a while ago, thinking you initially you think that's Bruce Wayne because you you know if you just look at it real quick, you don't think it's the Joker. Joker's considered the White Knight as opposed to Batman's Dark Knight in this one. Yeah, calling himself the White Knight. Yeah, and so it's kind of a reverse role. Whereas the Joker's the good guy and Batman's the bad guy now. Um, exactly. Fuck, we can't get over this artwork enough. We could just panel like the um, Joker roll up in the Batmobile to Arkham Asylum. Like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I thought uh, I was understanding from. It. Yeah, right, so that's how we open the scene. But you, you don't know who it is because he's in plain clothes without makeup. So you assume it's Bruce Wayne. So it's the Joker coming in and visiting Batman who's chained up in uh, Arkham Asylum. And then it goes yeah, back to then, a year ago. Yeah, I was just going to say, and then you know, the, the rest of the story is told uh, as a flashback. Batman's chasing the Joker who's wearing a Batman t-shirt with suspenders <laughs> and pants. Um, that shirt of the day. Yeah, Batgirl and Nightwing are rolling with Batman. They, they think Batman's like losing it off the edge, like just going a little too far. Um, that was like the tone in the beginning that was kind of sad. Yeah, and, and the, yeah. They, they keep talking about uh, they don't know, you know, what's wrong with him and he, that he isn't listening to them. Yeah. And we, we don't know why he's gone this dark, but later on, you know, we kind of find out. Yeah, and Batman just hunt, hunting down the Joker and they start going at it. There's, um, when they're fighting, you could see, like, prescription pill bottles and pills in the air everywhere. Yeah, the, the, what they found, what was it? Uh, was it uh, the building that Joker had or was it uh, whenever they, they tracked down, you know, whatever uh, they were trying to track down and Joker just had this stockpile of pills. Hmm. You know, why, why does he have all these pills? Right, yeah. So Batman just beating him to a bloody pulp. Batgirl, Nightwing, Gordon, Harv, Bullock, they're all watching, trying to get him off. And um, it comes to a point where Joker mentions that these pills will make him better. And yeah. Batman's pretty much like, oh, yeah, and he pretty much shoves them all down his throat. Yeah, just dumps a whole bottle of them. <laughs> Which was pretty cool. <laughs> I love when Batman does shit like that. Is it Babs that's recording it on the cell phone? I, I think it was just a, a bystander. I see. Okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. And then uh, from that, you know, from that moment where someone's uh, where someone's filming it, uh, we get uh, a. It's a lot like Dark Knight Returns, where we have that uh, dynamic where. Batman's being discussed on on a news talk show, and you you have someone who is talking about the bat the the good that he does, you know how how long he's protected the city, but then there's someone who is against him, and you're know, talking about how he's the bad guy, he's the problem. A little worried about this because I'm like, oh, here's somebody goes again, chasing the Dark Knight Returns dream. Everyone does. Everyone yeah. always takes a page out of Dark Knight Returns. I'm like, come on, man, you gotta let it rest. You gotta do your own thing. Murphy's primarily, um, I never read Punk Rock Jesus, but I know Murphy's primarily an artist, an illustrator, but uh, I know he said this was gonna be like his Dark Knight, and this was an element from it, so I was like, yeah, it was right out of it where they're painting Batman in a bad light, and they're talking about the Joker being, or you know, in the story, Joker's being like a, a remodeled citizen. Or something like that, yeah. and uh... and the interesting thing is that once uh, like the, these pills apparently, as far as we know, 
did cure Joker of you know his his madness. I mean, we might just find out later that he's been faking the whole thing, yeah, just mm-hmm. to uh, you know just to turn the tables on he's, Batman. But he's uh, like, uh, they're gazebos. that's that's a good splash page of the joker's background when he was a stand-up comedian and then uh he's like has that gangster with a tommy gun look going on and then they show harley quinn classic harley with the gun and and joker in arkham asylum and and then with uh, with his uh obsessive uh batman collection i don't know that guy's got some kind of problem collecting so much batman stuff (laughs) my favorite part of the page is like Sean filled the filled the whole page. You know, Joker's cell is filled with all these Batman collectibles, but he's like drawn in all this all this real stuff. You know, like, uh, the '89 poster. There's, uh, I think it's a, a statue or a figure of the '89 Joker holding the long gun. <laughs> yeah. uh, an animated series poster. There's, you know, real real existing collectibles all over this cell. But the best one is right in the the bottom center of of the page is Sean Murphy's own Batman black and white statue. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know what I just noticed uh, looking at it again? Um, it, I don't know if you have it open, but if you, that the lunchbox to the left, like in the, in the middle on the shelf, that was that, that, that was that old school blue lunchbox with the classic Joker when he's squirting the flower at Batman and they're on the rooftop. That was like an old lunchbox. That's like legit. So uh, Sean Murphy's definitely a trunkler. He definitely uh, he knows his collectibles, and I hope they make the that's that would be a cool print. I would hang that up. That's so cool. I, I might even be just jumping ahead again because I wasn't uh, following along with the pages, but uh, I don't know if Sean had to get permission to do this. But for the first time, I think since uh, the '89 movie, we have the name Jack Napier being used. Yeah, he mentioned that on Twitter and then somebody else pointed out one other example I think. I forgot what it was. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, I thought that there was something else that yeah. uh, some other point where it was used, but I mean, I guess this this could be considered Elseworlds because it's like one of those prestige oh, yeah. style yeah. things. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely an Elseworlds kind of story. Yeah, right? they're talking to Matt, to Bruce about um, him losing it and the pills, and they go down into the uh, oh yeah, they're talking about how Alfred's not doing well. Alfred, poor Al, man, he can't catch a break this month. Alfred, not catch a break. Yeah, a rough month to be Alfred. <laughs> to get his back broken by Bane, and now he's dying and. Uh, What's going on here? Oh, uh, Bruce is using the freeze technology. With, um, yeah, yeah. Sure and uh, when when he brings uh, Barbara and Dick down into uh, into this room, you know, he takes them through that passage, and I think it's Barbara says, "Do you own any buildings that don't have secret passages?" And then they see why he's been so distant, and you know, that hasn't been uh, hasn't been listening to anything they say. Mm-hmm. He explains to them that Alfred is dying. And he hasn't been able to save them. And, uh, you know, he, he kept it a secret because he didn't want them to see Alfred like that. Seeing Al like that, everybody loves Alfred, you know. Then you have um, Leslie Tompkins talking to Gordon about how the pills are actually working for the Joker. Yeah. And he can't fake his blood results or something like that. So they're like, they don't know. I don't think they know what it is. But then they're talking about him doing endless research about suing the police department yeah yeah he's representing himself building his own case and that his iq was testing above genius level yeah that's a joker for you i'm absolutely in love with that page when he's in the library and you see the spiraling staircase 
and the light. I just love how he Murphy's so good at doing atmospheric work as well. <laughs> his, his architecture is just as good as his vehicles. Yeah, and it's all stylized too. It, it's technically correct, but it's also stylized, which is really cool. It has that edge to and, it. And the uh, a lot of. Uh, it's, there are no there are no bright colors in this. You know, it's all very noir feeling. Yeah, and he has to sit down with Gordon, and he's talking about how he's going to sue them and all the have his case against them, and it it really comes down to him wanting justice and more that has to do with Batman, I believe. Um, and we've got uh, Bullock being his typical dickish self. You know, he's he's against Batman even though Batman saved his life. Yeah. Uh, what what I assume was Montoya is you know is on Batman's side. Mm. So he pretty much wants Batman arrested, and then it ends with him talking about uh, that he does love Gotham, uh, and he wants to pay the debt that he owes to it from the Joker. The city deserves better, better than the Joker, and better than the Dark Knight, so he said he's going to be the White Knight, the yin to the yang. Yeah, the yin to the Dark Knight's yang, as usual, but in a good way. So he's, he's painting himself as a better citizen, almost like a stand-up citizen, as opposed to Batman, who... He's looking at it as the problem for Gotham, so everything's yeah. kind of reversed. And, and uh, from what I remember, Sean Murphy said he wanted to bring in a lot of characters and it's like a lot of villains in this book. Mm-hmm. And I always said since day one, it's like it doesn't matter what the story is going to be like because that artwork's going to be amazing. I definitely do think the story is interesting so far from this one issue. I think uh, I think it's a good start considering considering he's not primarily a writer but a, an artist. Uh, I'm, I am interested. What was your book of the whatever that we just covered? As good as uh, as good as White Knight was, and as long as I had been uh, waiting for, looking forward to that, uh, Dawnbreaker just kind of eclipsed everything else for me. And like I, I, I loved War of Jokes and Riddles. I loved the way it came out. You know, Tom's twist at the end. Yeah. But yeah, Dawnbreaker was uh, just is hang is still hanging heavy in my mind. I would love to know what Jeff Johns thinks about. Obviously, greenlit it, but still, no pun intended. <laughs> greenlit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Gotham Dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.